Welcome to The Briefly, the podcast companion to The Briefly's New York City email newsletter, which you can subscribe to at thebriefly.com. I'm your host, Rob Blatt. Let's jump in to today's podcast edition. On this week's podcast edition of The Briefly, I was joined by multi-hyphenate Katie Anderson. Katie is the co-host of the wonderful radio talk show, Doing What Works, a bike writer, comic artist, friend maker, and more. If you read the Briefly's emails, you've no doubt seen some of the featured photos that Katie has contributed during her adventures around the city. I was excited to get Katie on the show to talk about all of these things. One audio note, you'll hear some tapping in the early portions of the interview. It stops pretty quickly, but these were a pair of fabulous earrings that Katie was wearing that was tapping against her headset. With that out of the way, let's jump into my conversation with Katie Anderson. Katie, welcome to the Briefly. Thank you so much, Rob. It's so good to be here. We have a little bit of an interesting backstory, which is you were originally a reader of the Briefly and then a pen pal. And then I guested as if you are a subscriber of the email in December, you definitely read that I had guested on your radio show as well. And now I am extremely glad to welcome you here to the podcast. Doing What Works is the radio show. You can find the podcast searching anywhere podcasts are available. Let's start with Doing What Works. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that show? Yeah, for sure. So my mom has been doing a long-form talk show since 2008. It used to be about careers, then it switched to the current name, Doing What Works. And she used to interview people who had cool life stories. And for a while, she had a co-host where they would just talk about how to live well, how to live deliberately. And eventually that co-host left. And as her daughter, I became a fan of her show a few years ago and started kind of badgering her about, hey, maybe it would be really fun if you and I did a show together. And she eventually said yes. And now for the last couple of years, doing what works has been a family affair. So my mom and I co-host and my dad is the producer and he pipes in occasionally, but he's usually pretty quiet. Well, first I'll say, I'm sure she'll listen. Hello, Maureen. And then uh, the next thing I'll say is, so in order to be, as you are now, a long form radio talk show host, you must be pretty social. That would be, I think, a prerequisite for that, would it not? Yeah, you kind of have to not only like talking, but be comfortable talking for for long periods of time so that you don't just leave your co-host with the responsibility of filling all the time. Which means that you are a generally social person. I mean, I know this for sure, but you're a generally (laughs) social person. And that also means that you've had to remain a generally social person for the last, basically the last two years and probably the hardest time for social people. Yeah, it's been... It's been interesting to to feel how my socializing has adapted the last couple of years because the standard work friends and things like that kind of dissolved in the pandemic. But I think one of the things that, not to brag, I think I was really good at before COVID was meeting people in kind of unconventional places. And I think that the pandemic changed the types of unconventional places that I could meet people, but it just forced me to be a little bit more creative to rely on the internet a little bit more but especially once summer of 2020 happened and I could start meeting people outdoors and masked and distanced. I've met some of my dearest friends during during COVID, which is really cool. I mean, this is the question that a lot of people have when they either first move to the city or realize that they've been here for a bit, but how do you make friends? 
Well, the uh, first thing I'd recommend is reading the briefly. Um, I met one of my best friends through an article that I read about something called the Subway Social Club. And I read about it. I thought it was cool. I ordered some pins and I just thought that the founder, Claire Foyer, seemed really interesting. And so finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to email her and ask her if she wants to hang out. And this was February of 2020. So we almost got coffee, but then decided to not get coffee. But we just started talking like once a week on Zoom. And pretty soon that turned into like a real in-person blossoming friendship. And now, yeah, she's one of my closest friends in the entire world. And so I think the main message that I would take from that is like, don't be afraid to just reach out and go for it. Um, I, I think about new friendships a lot, like asking somebody out on a date there's a decent chance that if you just ask somebody who seems cool to hang out, they might not be interested, they might not have space. And I've definitely had that happen before. But on the off chance that like, hey, they do want to get coffee, you want to hang out, there are a lot of really, really wonderful connections I've made that have started like that. And there are a lot of people who I've hung out with and the friendship chemistry has not been there. And that's totally okay. But I think I personally had to work through a lot of fear of rejection. I think we think about it differently when it comes to romantic rejection versus when it comes to just friendship rejection. But it's really not as bad as we think it is. I think that's uh, something that can apply across all kinds of all kinds of things like that. But it's really the worst that can happen. Somebody says no, you move on and go find friends in other places. Where have you spent some of the warmer months socializing in the, throughout the city? So I... I really like social hotspots that revolve around something else. So I think a, another place that I've really liked meeting people is uh, during like volunteer activities. I do a lot of volunteering, especially with different parks. I have a couple of them in Brooklyn that I'm really active with. And the great thing about that is that you go for a completely unrelated reason. Like you go to do this task. I'm really partial to horticulture volunteering. I think it's a really nice way to just literally get your hands in dirt and get outside and away from all of the stereotypical wildness that comes with living in New York. By, by having something else to work on, you kind of have an easy in for a conversation with the people who are around you. And again, some of my closest friends I've met through uh, work at Brooklyn Bridge Park. And you know, you see the same people enough over and over again. They become familiar, they become friendly. And I've, a lot of those friendships have just kind of like, I don't even know how they evolved to happen outside of the volunteer realm. I don't remember who said, let's go hang out first. It was just kind of one of those things that evolves from growing more comfortable with somebody. So I'm a big park hanger outer. <laughs> I've never really been much of like a, a bar party kind of socializer. I found that for me, it's a lot easier to meet people when you have that common thing that brings you together. And then even if you don't meet somebody you hit it off with, like you still have something to do for a couple hours that hopefully makes you feel good for, for lots of other reasons. Something that I know that you got into during the pandemic was riding your bike more. What are some of your favorites? routes around the city or out of the city for that. Oh matter. my gosh. Yeah. So the pandemic gave me this wonderful opportunity to have the energy to ride my bike more than just back and forth between work. So I started commuting to work mostly by bike in 2018, but I was always exhausted from getting where I needed to go. And it was also a really huge part of keeping myself healthy, both physically and not just losing my mind during quarantine. So I was able to start going on leisure rides and favorite routes. So I live in um, uh, central Brooklyn and I love taking 
the Belt Parkway out to the Rockaways. I think that's one of my absolute favorite, favorite trips, both because the Belt Parkway is really well paved and the views, especially over the Marine Parkway Bridge are just absolutely beautiful. And I think also like the Hudson River Greenway is a classic beloved trip. Anything along the North Brooklyn waterfront, I also adore. That's such a great place to catch a sunset. And also the Empire State Trail is really great for folks who are looking to get out of New York City for a little bit. It starts technically starts in Battery Park, but it goes all the way up through Van Cortlandt Park in the Bronx, and then I think straight up to Canada. And I did a really long trip out where I just went like 50 miles north and then turned around and came 50 miles back. And it's easy, like it's easy to understand. You don't have to like think about the route so much and you can just like really, really, really lose yourself in some, some beautiful, actual, genuine woods. I used to work on the Upper West Side and lived in Park Slope. And that was part of a bike commute that I did every day. <sighs> was the the Hudson River on that just in the mornings it was the Manhattan Bridge and both times it was really the Manhattan Bridge but and then to get across Manhattan and just shoot all the way up to 96th Street it was a hike required a change of clothes when I got to work every day <laughs> but uh otherwise was great enjoyed that quite a bit in that kind of year did the century ride and the five borough bike tour as well those group rides are so fun I would recommend any large bike ride to anyone that hasn't really made a like a venture out into the city, but you just kind of ride a bike around. I think I got lost on I got lost on the century ride <laughs> and uh, made a wrong turn. I intended to, I think, do the 25 mile ride and I ended up on the 75 mile ride. <laughs> it was many more hours than I thought. And it, also there were points where I was just like, I think I'm going in the right direction. And I ended up Prospect Park and I came up the wrong direction. <laughs> Like I knew where it ended and the guy was like, you're not supposed to come from that way. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see anyone else. So how, to, what am I supposed to do here? And, um, but finished it in one way, one way or another. I don't know how close I stayed to the end of the, uh, the ride there, but I can't recommend, uh, just going for a ride enough throughout the city. Just kind of where you know that there's a, a bike lane for you if you've looked in advance or if you're comfortable with it. Yeah, it's. So bike riding, the talk show, staying social, how is it that you have time for any of this um, <laughs> <laughs> along with everything else? That's a really great question. And it's not that I structure my time a lot, but I feel like I'm, I, I like to be really intentional with my time. I don't tend to spend a whole lot of time just getting caught up. Like I'm, I'm very aware of, of how I feel when I start just mindlessly flipping through my phone and I usually am able to catch myself and I try to spend most of my apartment time with my phone, like as far away from my person as possible. And I also, in general, like I think about all of the, like the hobbies that I have and I, I gravitate towards certain hobbies at certain times and I tend to have just kind of a running list of things I want to get done. So if there's a, a comic that I'm writing that I'm really excited about, I'll think a day or two in advance, you know, I have this pocket of time in the morning, I'm going to spend this time working on my comic. I have like this book that I'm really excited about, I'll make sure to, to read that, you know, this evening while I have dinner or something. And it feels it just feels really, really good. And I also try to make sure to get lots of sleep. I'm a huge morning person. So I like to go to bed at like 10 if I can, and then wake up at six, which gives me time in the morning to spend on personal projects before I have to start the actual workday and, and like finding, like knowing that the mornings are when I'm the most creative, the most productive. It's really cool to be able to like have that 
time set aside for me that I can, you know, crank out a couple comic panels before work. And then all of a sudden I feel like I've accomplished something and the day's barely even started. Tell me a little bit about your comic since you've uh, provided me the perfect segue here. Yes. So I write a comic called The Very Varied Adventures of Katie. And I also started working on a graphic memoir a few, few years ago now. I started drawing stick figure comics back when I was a freshman in college because I wanted to draw a comic. I didn't think I could draw, nor did I think I have ideas. So I just thought, boring stick figures, that was going to be the answer. (laughs) Then my mom started sending them to people without my permission. (laughs) And then they started (laughs) saying nice things to me. And then I got freaked out because there were expectations of me all of a sudden. But it was just something that I loved and it was goofy and I could share with my friends. And then somewhere along the line, I realized that I was very serious about the work that I was doing. And ever since then, it's just been this beautiful outlet for expression and a way for me to be goofy, but serious. I've started to get more emotional with my work lately, which it turns out you can do with stick figures. So that was, that was kind of a a wild discovery. And now, now I just have this like beautiful thing that I am proud of, but also that's the thing that I'm, that I do like between that and biking, that's when I can really get into like that flow state. So if I'm having a rough day or I'm stressed out about something, I know that if I just focus on a comic, the entire rest of the world just gets muted and everything comes out a little bit more mellow on the other side, which is really a really wonderful privilege to have. I'm going to let you in on a secret that not many people know about me. I guess everyone who listens will know about this. I got started with news, essentially working for my school paper back in college at UMass Lowell. And in order to join the, in order to join the club at the time, you had to contribute, you had to go to two meetings in order to contribute to the newspaper. And I had a, a friend of mine that drew a comic that was only just a underhanded advertisement for a coffee house in town. And it would always mention the coffee house in the comic. And for some reason, he didn't want to put his name on it. I think because maybe he was busy during the time frame and he was friends with the owner of the coffee shop. So he had asked me if I would put my name on his comic strip and then submit that to the newspaper to advertise the local coffee shop so they could have their name in the school paper every week. And I agreed to do that. So I was then for all of my time in college, a member of the school paper and eventually became the managing editor of the connector for UMass Lowell. But it all had started because I was uh, signing my name to a comic strip that someone else was drawing that I had nothing to do. With. <laughs> That's like the perfect example of, of positive ends justifying the means, right? Absolutely. And if you are, I don't even know if it's still there, but if you're in Lowell, Massachusetts, go to the Sugar Shack. Um, I think it's changed hands multiple times if it still exists. I think the pizza place next door may have eaten it by now in an expansion, but you know it was there 20-something years ago. So <laughs> it was there, I'll say, uh, back then. But yeah, essentially a poorly drawn stick, uh, kind of a stick figure comic was uh, how I wound up getting my start in news i'll say that's that's great that's that's so that's so delightfully parallel i was i was just thinking today about how wild it is that i never i i maybe never would have realized that i still cared about drawing unless i'd had this idea that you know what like i'm not talented i don't have good ideas like 
I have, there's just no, no expectations of it whatsoever. And then I just ended up putting in like the years of effort that it takes to feel good about something. And I don't think I would have had the the self-confidence to put in that kind of work unless I had started from this really, really insecure place. Katie, we're coming to a close. So if someone wants to follow your adventures on online, someone wants to connect to you, how should they go about doing so? How can they make at the very least internet friends with Katie? <laughs> yes, I am. My DMs are open. So I, I post my comics to Instagram under the handle very varied Katie, which I did not choose thinking about how it would sound out loud, but V-E-R-Y-V-A-R-I-E-D-K-A-T-I-E. And where they can find Doing What Works? They can find more information about Doing What Works at MaureenAnderson.com. Excellent. Anything else you would like to say before we close out? Great question. I don't know. I just love the briefly so much. And it's so great to be a part of this, uh, a part of the podcast experience with you. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for keeping me up to date on all the things that are happening outside of my door. Katie Anderson, first appearance on the podcast. I'm sure not the only. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast edition of The Briefly. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, iHeart, Stitcher, anywhere that you get podcasts, or thebriefly.com. Listen to this. That is the sound of no music. If you have music that you think will be a great fit for the podcast, send me an email at thebriefly at gmail.com. Let's get some of your music in a future episode. If you have a suggestion for a guest for the podcast, my email is, again, thebriefly at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Briefly's News Digest at thebriefly.com. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Rob Blatt, and we'll talk again next edition.